Hi, and welcome to the Legal Marketing 2.0 podcast, where we examine the latest trends in digital marketing to help you get more leads and clients. I'm Tim Barron, and this podcast is brought to you by the team at Good To Be Social, a digital marketing agency for lawyers and law firms. And in today's episode, our founder, Guy Alvarez, chats with Molly Porter, director of marketing at Seifarth Shaw, about putting together a law firm marketing department covering what Molly identifies as the three C's, creative, content, and channels. And they go into some depth on the creative aspect. Molly also talks about becoming a student of the business of law as a marketer. On with the show with Molly and Guy. Okay, everyone, and welcome to the Legal Marketing 2.0 show today. We have Molly Porter. Molly is a director of marketing at Seifarth Shaw. Molly, welcome to the show. Thank you, Guy. Thank you so much for having me today. It's a pleasure. Great. So, Molly, why don't we start with just giving us a little bit of background on you and how you got started with legal marketing. Sure. Well, I think like many people who are in legal marketing, in a lot of ways, I entered this industry without really knowing what it was about. I entered the workforce at about the time the dot-com bubble was blowing up. This was around the year 2000. It was an exciting time because people were really seeing the potential for how the World Wide Web could transform everything from the way we communicated to business models. I was inspired by a book called the Clue Train Manifesto. I don't know if you've seen that or if you're familiar with it, but it was really an exciting time to be entering the workforce. Absolutely. I'm actually familiar with it. It's a great book. (laughs) It's a great book. And maybe you can provide a link to your um, listeners um, with the show notes. I began my career at Walgreens, helping them to launch their first e-commerce website, then quickly moved to Sapient, which is now called Sapient Nitro, because I was very interested in the consulting aspects of the dot-com transformation. And while I was there, I worked with clients like Audi, Volkswagen, Alcatelus, and Nokia on their content strategies. Of course, there was a downside to the dot-com bubble, which was the bubble burst. I don't probably don't have to tell you about that. It affected a lot of people. And at that time, I made a choice to enter what seemed like a recession-proof industry, which was the legal industry. Well, we all know how that turned out. <laughs> Absolutely. In 2008, we, we saw exactly how vulnerable the legal industry could be to larger economic forces. But when I entered the legal industry, I really wanted to capitalize on the role that I had had at Sapient, and I wanted to come in as, as a subject matter expert on the web. My first role was web project manager in the marketing department at Foley & Lardner. And this was really at a time when most firms didn't have websites. And for those that did have websites, they were run by the IT department or by the classic webmaster. So even then, I, as I came into the legal industry, which was very traditional, I was taking more of an innovative or entrepreneurial role. So that was really how I got started. I've had a couple of other roles at other law firms since I've been in the legal industry. I spent the most time at DLA Piper. While I was there, I oversaw the firm's digital portfolio which included two launches of the dot-com website, which, as you know, DLA Piper is a huge firm. So managing a website for a firm that large is pretty much a full-time job. I also manage a portfolio of microsites, blogs, and also social media accounts. Yeah, huge project. Yep. And that's yeah. when I met you when you were there, actually, I believe. That's right. Excellent. All right. And then how did you get to where you are today? Well... 
DLA Piper is an exciting firm to be a part of, but when you're working with a firm that large, you're really beginning to, you, you become very specialized in your role. You take on a small part of a very big thing. So obviously, managing the firm's digital presence is an exciting job, but it was also limited in terms of my exposure to the business or my ability to branch out into other types of roles or activities. So I wanted to grow. I wanted to learn more about the business of law. I wanted to be more pivotal in sort of the inception of a content strategy rather than simply managing content channels. And I also wanted an opportunity to work closely with the leadership of a firm that was changing the practice of law. So when I learned of the opportunity at SciFarth, I was very excited because SciFarth, as you know, is well known for innovation in the legal industry. And I really wanted to be a part of that transformation of the traditional big law model into something that is more entrepreneurial. So that in that way, I sort of came full circle. I spent many years working in a, in a small role in a traditional organization. And now here at SciFarth, I can take a larger role in a firm that's really trying to change. So it's, it's been very exciting to be here. That, yeah. I mean, when I first saw the announcement that you had moved over to SciFarth, I thought it was a perfect, perfect match for you and, and for the firm. I mean, I think the firm has always, as you said, been very well known to be very innovative. A lot of your client-focused initiatives have received a lot of notoriety and some of the great things you're doing. But one of the things that I, I personally thought is, you know, while they were doing great on that end, I thought their marketing actually specifically their digital marketing was lagging a little bit behind. So when I learned that you joined the firm, I thought it was a a perfect combination. And so I was very happy to see that. That's right, Guy. Our digital marketing is growing a little bit long in the tooth, but I think in the next couple of years, you're going to be seeing some changes in that regard. But working at a smaller firm, there are more foundational opportunities that I've really been engaged in over the last couple of years really building up an editorial function, really working with my team to become more creative, to think of more creative solutions to some of the design problems that we get in, and really building up the way that we keep and curate our data on clients. That's really been my focus and setting up for the next big push, which is going to be a brand and website update. That's great. So, interestingly, when you and I uh, met, I guess it's been about a month or so last and we caught up in our conversation, one of the things I found really interesting was sort of the approach you were using in actually managing and staffing up your, your marketing department. And in our conversations, you know, we really talked about you were sort of following an agency model and bringing in different types of pieces to sort of serve the client, in this case, your firm. Can you talk a little bit more about that? You know, what are the different components and how are you putting this marketing department together to really serve the different needs that the firm has from a marketing and business development perspective? Well, much of this setup is thanks to a very smart reorganization of the department by my boss, my mentor, Josh Kubicki, who is our firm's chief strategy officer. One of the first things that he did when he came into his role is he wanted our marketing people, so the people who directly touch all of the marketing activities for the practices and departments, 
to really be more closely aligned with practice management and practice development. So what he created was a department called Strategic Performance. And within Strategic Performance, there are people that I think of as the chief executives for each of the departments or what might be called in in traditional corporate structure business units. So each of the departments has their own chief executive and their own chief marketing officer. So the marketing department that I run is really an internal agency to work with the executives on on the department side or on the legal practice side to work out their marketing strategy. What are the creative needs that they have? What are they trying to build? Who are they trying to reach? And how can we do that in a way that really gets the attention of the right people? So my team is really, I think, what in a traditional sense, would have been called a comms team, is now built up to be, to have the capabilities that you really need to run an effective digital marketing practice. As you pointed out earlier, we are in in the process of rebuilding our digital presence. But in the meanwhile, what we're doing is we're building up capabilities that can really support that presence going forward. So I think of it as a three C. You've got creative, which is your classic graphic design and brand. So brand in this sense is the, you know, the look and feel, the brand standards. You've got content, which is content strategy, which is the messaging. How does it sound? Not just what we're saying, but how we say it and how we get it out into the world. And then also channels, which is where our marketing technology people sit. So how do we keep our website running? What are the standards for the website? Also, our uh, CRM and contact our client contact database. So with those three C's, we really come together to provide solutions to the marketing challenges that our, as I call them, chief executives from the practice side bring to us. And then likewise, proactively, we go to them with ideas and things that we want to execute as well. I love it. The three C's. What a, what a great approach. So let's talk about the first C, the creative, because ever since I've known you, you've always been a really, you know, right side of the brain, creative type of person. And obviously, I know that you have a love for photography and, and design. How has that affected your career in terms of being that type of creative? Because not everyone in legal marketing is like that. How has that affected your career? What are the positives and and negatives, and what would you? What would be your advice to someone like you that is also very creative, and they're trying to enter this challenging industry, uh, which is not necessarily always focused on the creative side of things. That's a really great question, Guy, and it's something that I think about a lot because I've been in the legal industry for a very long time. And I think for really the first part of my career, I really considered myself a web, a digital subject matter expert. And I felt that that was enough to help me function and do my job. But at a certain point in your career, you really have to branch out from that. You really have to push beyond maybe even your comfort level with the thinking about the operations of the business or influences within the industry to really educate yourself on what is it that makes a law firm run? How do they get, how does a firm get revenue? How are the partners compensated? How is the law firm structured? All of these questions, while 
in the first instance may not seem relevant to how a website is designed, the user experience of a website, they're very relevant to your career goals and the things that you would like to do with, within or things that I wanted to do within my career. I saw that as a next step that not having an intimate knowledge of the operations of a law firm could potentially be limiting to me. You know, one of the dangers of being a creative in a law firm is that you can be marginalized. Lawyers are very left-brained people. They're analytical. Um, they're they're brilliant. Um, they can come up with creative strategies for their clients. They don't always think of it as creativity. When they think of creativity, um, they think of design. They think of layout. But we know, you and I know, that design isn't just about layout in the same way that brand isn't just about colors and logos. Um, One of the things that you can bring to the table as a creative is you can actually make things. And this is sort of magic to a lot of lawyers. When they see you take something that is maybe just, say, not very good looking slides that they've created or a Word document, and you transform it into something that really has appeal or is user-centered, this is when they see the value of the creative. And it's, it's a little bit of magic to them. Now, sometimes you might have to deal with, because people don't fully understand what's involved in transforming something so that it's readable, that it gives pleasure when it's being read, that it's easy to read, that it's accessible, that it hits all the right notes. They don't understand all of the brain power that goes into that. But the more you can hand those things off to lawyers and explain how you worked on it and why the why things are the way that they are, the more uh, access you can get to information about the firm and how it works. So this is one of the ways that I have been able to build my knowledge about how SciFarth works is my ability to make and deliver things that have immediate value to the people that I'm working with. You know, going back to learning the industry, I also spend a lot of time reading while I'm at work doing research. But I think it's important to really, no matter what your role is in a firm, even if you're just starting out, you can learn about the industry through sources like BTI, Hildebrandt, Altman Weil Reports. And you can also follow influencers on Twitter and LinkedIn who are connected to sort of the transformation of the industry and how law firms themselves are run. Some of my favorites are Lucy Basile of Microsoft for the in-house perspective, Kat Moon of Vanderbilt for the evolving legal education perspective, and of course, above the law for, you know, above the law when when it started, I, I thought of it as a gossip website. But if you follow above the law, you really get more of a sense of the business of the business side of the law firm than you would get um, if you're in a more siloed role. Yeah, I think above the law has really, you know, changed and evolved. And uh, I agree with you. You know, the more I read it, you, you do get sort of the nitty gritty of how the business of law works and some of the inner workings. Yeah. Works. So, yep, I totally right. It's important to have this understanding not only because it will help further you in your career, but it'll really help you empathize with your end user as a marketer, which is always the partner. So the partner is the person that you really need to understand. For instance, knowing that a partner charges $600 an hour should totally change your approach to how you conduct a meeting or how you communicate with that partner. 
you have to serve up everything so that it takes the minimal amount of time so they can make a decision. So that's one of the reasons why it's important to learn the business from a creative point of view. I love it. So talking about creative, um, one of the things that I know and you had sent me a video is you guys did a, you launched a game at the uh, ACC annual meeting. Talk a little bit about the game. I mean, I, I think it's so innovative and I haven't seen any other law firm do this. So maybe if you can talk to us a little bit about, you know, how this game came about, what was the idea behind it? And then a little bit about, you know, what's been the response to the game so far. Uh, that would be fabulous. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for watching that video. And honestly, I would say that what we did for the ACC annual meeting last year or in October really encapsulates everything that I've been talking about, what it is to be creative, what it is to know the business, what it is to know the messaging. So just to back up and tell you a little bit about the inception of it. So one of the things that we say here at SciFarth is that we've been adding new capabilities and skills that help us serve our clients better for over a dozen years now. Um, it began with Lean Six Sigma. It has resulted in new technology that we've been using to help serve our clients, most recently robotic process automation. And when we started to think about this, we really began to think about it as levels, like what level are we going to go to for our clients and how can we level up our own skills so we can help our clients? And that immediately, of course, that language brings to mind the idea of a video game. So we knew we had the ACC annual meeting coming up. So I pitched the idea of building a game that people could play in our booth because we are sci-fars, we are innovative, we are client service. It's not it's client service oriented it's not enough for us to simply go and stand in a booth at a meeting where our clients are and expect them to come and talk to us. We really wanted something that would magnetize people to the booth and something that we could talk to people about while they were in the booth. I don't know if you've been to the ACC annual meeting, but the bulk of law firm booths are very standard issue, what you would expect. Yep. You know, cookie cutter, what I would call Yes. <laughs> yep. You know, they're beautiful. They, you know, some of these firms have beautiful brands. You know, our brand is pretty stale, so we can't rely on that. People have been seeing that brand for too many years. So we have to get creative. We designed a video game experience for the booth. And the name of the game is Level Up. And really the idea behind the game is that we've been leveling up our capabilities for the last dozen years. Now we want to help our clients level up their own capabilities within their law departments so they can better serve their organizations. And this is where the consulting angle comes in to a certain degree, but also the legal practice. So, you know, we have a consulting arm of, of the firm, Cypherling Consulting. We do greenbelt trainings for our clients. We do many things, but we also come in and work with our lawyers. We bring in project managers and legal process experts to help our lawyers execute. And from what we've learned, over the years, we can actually bring some of that knowledge to our clients. So we designed this video game to tell that story. And the video game itself is based on Space Invaders. You might remember Space Invaders. Maybe you played it. But the idea is that our client is represented by a character who's going across the bottom of the screen. And these skills fall out of the sky. So process improvement, project management, data analytics, 
so the client is represented by a character that goes across the bottom of the screen. And skills will drop down that the client can actually use to level up. So those skills are project management, process improvement, technology, data analytics, and change management. That's my favorite. It's represented by a heart. And they can use that then to defeat the obstacles to their personal, professional, and organizational success. Things like poor communication, time management, frustration, risk and errors. And so we deliberately simplified the message into the game format. But what we found is that as we were giving booth visitors the the game tutorial, we were actually telling the story of Cyfarth. And they got to... They got to experience it in a hands-on way by playing the game. We had a tremendous amount of traffic to the booth. It was incredible. And the thing that was the best, and this really proves out one of my sort of guiding principles, is I have to make my own precedent. One of the ways that I do that is by really bringing my talent for connecting with the, the human side of the story. And so what was really gratifying to me was as people would, as they would pass the booth, you you could see their faces light up. They recognized something about themselves. Maybe it was a memory they had of playing games as they were young. Maybe they were simply impressed that our booth didn't look like anybody else's. Maybe they were in, maybe they, it brought to mind their children, you know, their children who plays games, who play games. Um, it was really interesting to see us connect on a human level. Because even though lawyers are different from me, and maybe, well, you're a lawyer, so, but you're different from most lawyers, right? Um, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> even though they're different, they're still human. And Absolutely. humans have humans have emotions and they and they and they have feelings. And this this game really helped us connect with people on that level. And one of my inspirations for the game was my kids. My kids play Minecraft and they play Mario. And really when we had this idea of, of building a video game, the, the fact that it be 8-bit was really important to us, that it actually have that classic video game look, because I knew that would connect on both those levels, on the level of memory, like, oh, I used to play games like this when I was a kid, but also on the level of people like me who may not play games, but they, they have people in their lives they love who play games and they recognize it. So um, it was a big success. Um, we had more contacts um, in the booth than we've ever had. Um, and, you know, it was, it was a great way to connect with people on something that was maybe not directly connected to um, legal practice, but it was, it was a message that everybody could connect with and take away from the meeting. Well, it, was, it, it sounds like it was certainly memorable. And when you're at these meetings, there's so much going on. So if there's things that you can do that people will remember you and remember the, uh, the firm, I think that's a, a huge, huge win. And, and I love it. I, I really love the, the idea behind it. We're going to add a link to the video in the show notes so that, uh, so that our listeners can take a look at, at what you guys did. But I, I think Great. it's fabulous, and, fabulous. And one thing that I want to stress is that the game wasn't the point. The point was to have something that we could talk to people about. Absolutely. And yep. yeah. And last year we did something slightly different. Um, we actually uh, Matt did a customer journey map on the floor of the ACC annual conference. 
and we used emojis for that. And it was really fun. So, you know, we, we had like five different emojis. Some were smiling, some were frowning. And for each stage of the legal buy process, we asked people to tell them how they felt, you know, whether they were in the discovery mode, whether they were engaging with a, with a law firm, whether they were actually getting the work done. And even when they got the bill, how does this feel? And it was pretty remarkable what the simple act of having the emojis did for us in terms of, of breaking the ice and being able to talk to people. So, so when I say making my own precedent, this is really what I'm talking about is knowing what's going on in legal, but looking at the rest of the world and seeing what's going on there. I love it. It's, it's fabulous. All right. Well, we're almost out of time, unfortunately, because I could go on and on listening to you. But for our audience, and most of our audience, Molly, is uh, either people that are in legal marketing or are considering going into legal marketing. What would be one takeaway, one piece of advice you would give them based upon your experience and what you've done in your career? I think I would have to go of making things. And I would say specifically, learn how to rock a PowerPoint because PowerPoint is, it's such a versatile tool and lawyers use it in their practice all the time. They use it for thought leadership. They do webinars. There are meetings, there are internal meetings, there are partner meetings. Every single one of these things depends on a PowerPoint deck. If you know how to make a really good PowerPoint deck, and I'm not just talking like putting objects on a slide or making bulleted lists. I'm talking about from inception, coming up with the story, the, the tent poles of the story, how you're going to weave things together, and actually making it look cool above and beyond what a lawyer could do his or herself. You're going to be in a great position to move a lot of different places within not just legal marketing, but within a firm. But the important thing is, is that you're not just simply cleaning up slides, that you're actually, you use cleaning up slides as sort of an entry point. You can use it as an entry point, but from there, you can actually have the conversation that adds more value. I love it. And, and that's really using PowerPoint as a storytelling tool, which is the idea is to tell a story. So that's fabulous. That's exactly well, right. Yeah. All right. Well, we've run out of time, unfortunately. Molly, thank you so much for being on the show. We will include Molly's contact information on the show notes. And thank you so much. We really enjoyed it. And we hope to have you back on the show uh, sometime in the future. Thank you, Guy. Before you go, I want to ask you a question. Do you struggle with digital marketing and how to make it work for you and for your firm? If so, please go to lawfirmmarketinghub.com and sign up for a free digital audit. The audit will provide you with all of the information you need to build a blueprint for your digital marketing strategy to produce the results you want. If you like this episode, please subscribe to our podcast and we'd love it if you also left a review. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud and wherever you listen to podcasts. You'll find the show notes for this episode, along with all of the Legal Marketing 2.0 episodes at goodtobesocial.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time.